0: Right from the deep.com. Hey guys, here's what's
1: happening at Right from the Deep. Of course, thank you to all our patrons on Patreon. You all make this podcast possible. And if any of you want to add your support, visit
0: patreon.com forward slash right from the deep. We'd sure appreciate it. And special thanks to our December sponsor of the month, Priscilla Sherrow. Yay! Thank you, Priscilla. She's working on her memoir called Bonked, Life, Love, and Laughter with Traumatic Brain Injury, which will release with Redemption Press. And you can learn more about Priscilla Sherrow at her website, priscillashero.com. It's P-R-I-S-C-I-L-L-A-S-H-A-R-R-O-W.com. And you can follow her blog there for the TBI, PT. PSD community. My turn for the wonder today, and my husband is
1: a wonder. He has a depth of mercy and compassion that I seriously lack. I, I tend to, you know, when you do those those uh, spiritual gifts workshops in the church, I tend to have like negative numbers on mercy. <laughs> And and I've been asking God to help me deal with that, and he has been helping me. But we had a gentleman come to our door who needed some help, and and my feeling was, you know, kind of, and forgive me for this, everyone, get off my porch. I didn't say that. That was my attitude, and I immediately repented of it, but he had come to see Don. He was a smart guy. And so Don went out there, and he was so wonderful in the way that he talked with the man and would not be used in the way that the fellow wanted to use him, but offered help as he could and offered good, substantial help. And I'm just constantly amazed at the depth of compassion that Don has for people and wish that I had the same. So Mm. I'm asking God
0: to help me develop that. Indeed. And now, here's Here's the the show. show. Welcome, listeners. We are super excited that you're here with us. We are today continuing our conversation with the fabulous Rachel Hauk, and we are going to dive right in. I um, love this other thing that you had said, uh, Rachel. You said God removes those things that hinder His love and, and hinder our love, I'm I'm guessing you've probably had some experiences that taught you that. <laughs> Do you want to share some of that? Absolutely. We have this chorus
2: that we sing at church. It, call, it says, I want to be free from everything that keeps me from loving you. Hmm. And I think I've prayed for years, God remove everything that hinders love. And um, the writing journey itself, you know, the highs and the lows and the successes and the disappointments and all of that kind of refixes your gaze back on him. Like, why are you doing mm-hmm.
0: this? Mm-hmm.
2: Learning not to compare yourself to other authors. Oh, that's but, a biggie. That's a biggie, biggie, biggie. Hearing them on, being on God's team. You know, mm-hmm. when I hit the New York Times in 2016, I probably a little bit of the E.R. in me said, okay, next year, it's not going to be you. It's going to be somebody else. And you're <laughs> going to have to be supportive. on there. Yeah, thanks for telling me. <laughs> uh, so you're going to have to cheer that person on. and. She wasn't in our market, but as Lisa Wingate, she just blew up the world with before we were yours, you know, 20,000 times more than the wedding dress. But, <laughs> you know, I cheered her on and praise God for that story. Praise God for the gift of her writing and, and that story. And um, in 2021, out of the blue, uh, an opportunity came to me. And in the midst of the opportunity and considering the opportunity and going through the process, which ultimately we did not do, um, I started getting hit with this anxiety out of the blue. Like I couldn't do it. What if I can't do it? Mm-hmm. It would hit, come like once a week for 24, 36 hours. And then, I would, then I would go through it. And first I thought it was the project just working through, are we going to do the project? And then it was not the project. So I felt like, okay, whoo, done. You know, that was weird. But then it would, something else would pop up or, you know, I would see something on Facebook or it was the weirdest thing. It was just, it would just come out. Of, I could feel it coming. And guys, it just drove me to my knees. And mm-hmm. you know, I had dealt with it before, probably more hormonally, but not at this kind of intensity, not like this mm-hmm. at all. And what's funny, what the prelude to that was in during COVID, Tony said, Hey, I'm gonna get up at five and pray. So I started getting up at five and praying with them. And then he said, Well, let's pray on the fives. So we're praying at five AM, five PM. And with the few meetings that we had at church, the prayer meetings at church, someday I was praying three hours in, you know, yeah. some kind, and I had, I was really doubling down on reading the word every day on the version app. And I'll, so I'm thinking, you know, I'm ramping up mm-hmm. and I was ramping up for a battle. Mm-hmm. And so, bam, here comes this battle in 21, about a year later. And I, I just kept, finally in July, it started in May, finally in July, I said, all right, I have had enough of you. You hit me, <laughs> I'm going to hit you back. So I d- I downloaded a counter on my phone, like the old counter. Your mom might count up the grocery right. money in the store. Right. I put an app on my phone and you could put little titles on it. And I loaded up the verse address, you know, Philippians 4, 6 and 7. I did Psalm 43, mm-hmm. 3 through 4. I did Second Timothy 1, 7. You, I, you know, Isaiah 26, 3, peace verses, God verses. I, I loaded them up and then I just quoted them, and I counted how many times I quoted them. I think I quoted um, Philippians 4, 6, and 7, wow. 118 times in two weeks. I said, I'm, it's a divine exchange. This, this anxiety that I don't want to admit must somehow reside in me, body, soul, and spirit. So I'm going to do a divine—I'm going to put God's Word and drive it out with God's Word. And it, it is a fight. It is a battle. And I, every night on my 5 o'clock walk, even in July— in the florida sun i 'm walking and i 'm talking and I'm sweating and you know and and other things then would come up rachel mm. you have a you have a little bit of bitterness towards some things that happened in mm. publishing. you need to deal with that mm. you know and rachel you you have some resentment, you need to deal with that and it was gentle it wasn't as right. I was gazing at him, I was seeing the things in me that needed to come these things were hindering love and and, and finally it was this deep down moment that i I had to say, God, I think deep down, you know, way, 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 way down there. (laughs) Mm. I don't trust you. I don't trust your, you have my good at heart, you know, but in the midst of the suffering, I was seeing the good. And I'm telling you guys, I probably wept every day. (laughs) Good God tears every day for two years. Just, just somewhere along in that, again, in that moment of suffering, in that dread, in that uncomfortableness, whatever would hit me. I remember one time I was church and I was laying in worship and I was sitting on a stool and I literally <laughs> felt like I was going to fall over. I was just <laughs> clinging to the keyboard. I'm like, I'm just <laughs> going to fall off the stool. Because that's how I hadn't slept well that night. I just felt, I just felt crappy. But he stayed with me. And as, as the anxiety began to lift, going into 22, the Lord just began to lift it. And I remember... Um, in April, I kind of had a small wave and the Lord said, be in, be in Psalm 139. So I read Psalm 139 every day and just turned it into a prayer. There was an issue I had with a certain food and the Lord said, you got to stop being anxious over this. Hebrews 4.12, the word of God's living and active, sharper than an intuition sword. Listen to this, guys. Divide between soul and spirit, joint and marrow, thoughts and intentions of the heart. That is every part of our being, the word of God can rightly decide. And so <sighs> that left. You know, just those things begin to change as I begin to do the divine exchange of my stuff that hindered love for the reality and the living word being sown in me. And it, yeah, you got to stay with it. You know, we've kind of missed the fives lately, still in prayer, but different hours and kind of off our routine, but it's still me fighting to be in the word and and fighting to stay in that place and fighting to stay passionate. And of course there are seasons of rest. That was an intense season. I didn't have to stay that intense because I was in a fight. But I don't want to lose the passion. I don't want to lose the reality of, man, just feeling His presence. And I'm telling you now, even more than ever before, and I've been a believer since I was six years old. I've been in prayer meetings since I graduated from college, regular prayer meetings. I've been in one prayer meeting we've had at church for 30 some odd years. I've been at that meeting. But after 21 I can sit in there and just begin to pray with the people and just begin to weep. Like the presence of God is so different for me, as I believe, back to, I think he removed those things that hindered love.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh, that, that's a lot. You went through a lot with that. And yes. I guess what I want listeners to catch is that that was years. Yeah. That was years of intense prayer and intense, Mm -hmm. really, suffering and intense fighting. Sometimes I think we don't realize... That we are called to that battle. We, this, is, this is the Christian walk is not a walk in the park. It's a fight, and it's a fight that we're meant to win. We've already won through Christ, but yet we still fight to take hold of it, to completely grasp yeah. it all through prayer, through the Holy Spirit, through yeah. um, our Scripture memory. You know, that's yeah. that's it. And, and if you don't I, know what
2: to pray, open your Bible right. and start praying it, you know. <laughs> anything. Yeah, anything. Really, just anything. Any, I mean, name in the patriarchs, just do it. I mean, it's, it's living and active, you know, it's just—and and I think it was warfare, and, and that's one of the things we don't—we're uncomfortable with that, right? We don't want to talk about warfare to that extent, but when those things come, and they do come, and it may be more external for you, maybe— it's, it's someone who's selling your name or bad-mouthing your name or gossiping your name or hindering you on the job. Or critics. <laughs> or critics, right. The critics. I don't, we don't read reviews, writers. Uh, <laughs> you, you go to the Lord with it. But, it, but you're a critic of yourself.
0: Yes. You know,
2: as a writer, I have to stop. I have to be very careful of that because I'll accuse myself of not being good and, oh, I'm not as good as so-and-so. You know, and so who who's the accuser of the brethren Yeah. The Satan is the accuser of the brethren. Let's not agree with him.
0: Right. And, you know, I I think that's a common thing that, especially women, but all people go through this imposter syndrome, and and what if I can't do it? Man, I have had that going through my head. I'll confess right now, every time our website pops up with some kind of gobbledygook problem that I don't understand, and I call Karen and whine to her about it. I mean, like, I keep thinking, what if I can't fix this? You know, and it's always just, what if I can't? What if I can't? And I forget. So what if I can't? You know, right. God, so what? And it's helped me so much to put that word in front of it. So what if I can't do it? Right. That it's God's, right. That's right. God's going to figure that out. And sometimes it's so hard for us to remember that the battle is the Lord's and and right. we take it on and we're not supposed to <laughs> we're just supposed to walk where he tells us to walk and do what he tells us to do but trust him for the, the getting it right and the, the, the doing it and, and making what he wants to happen, happen. I don't know why. In our humanness, we keep trying to pull that job back. I, I don't know what we can do to not do that. But l- what you did, Rachel, keep on praying, keep on battling it. Donna yeah. I
1: watch a lot of BBC mysteries, and in one of them, the protagonist, who was a DCI, uh, an inspector in the law enforcement, kept doing that, kept going by himself to deal with stuff and kept getting hit on the head and kept getting accused of killing somebody. And every time he went off by himself to try and do what he thought needed to be done, Tana and I were like, don't do it. Don't go by yourself. And we need to realize that for ourselves. Don't do it. Don't try to take this on by yourself. This is God's work, not
2: yours. That's so true. And one of the things that I learned so... Without getting into too much detail, one of the things that hit me, like, so this started in May, this was October, and I was going to take off November from social media, but I saw something on Facebook with some uh, old friends, and there was kind of um, a little bit of a hesitancy for me to be involved, and I got in this huge dilemma, do I go to this gathering, do I not go to this gathering, and guys, it was just like weighing on me, it was dread, You know, I would I would hate to even open up Facebook because if they nailed down a date now I had to decide and oh my gosh it was oh I was darned if I do darned if I don't kind of thing and you know it never happened and I and I felt like the Lord kept saying watch me watch me watch me and so I hear I you know counsel with younger women at church or younger people at church and they'll say I just don't know how to get out of this I said oh no oh no Mm -hmm. watch. Watch. And so even in that, what it taught me was I don't know how this is gonna work out, but you're gonna God work does. it out. have. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> right. You're gonna work it out. And and again it was getting rid of that thing in me. Like, to be honest, it, it could have been one of those deals with like, you know, Rachel, just deal with it. Don't worry about it. Just just deal with it. It is what it is. What you know, kind of why would God interfere with
1: these other people? But it was like, No, watch watch what I do. Watch what -hmm. I do. Watch. I love how often God says that in the scripture, watch and wait. Mm -hmm. Watch Mm -hmm. and wait. Now we watch, but we're not so good at waiting. We're kind (laughs) of like, hey, Jesus, you're not operating on my timeline here. i had been waiting a long time. And he's like, you've been waiting five minutes. (laughs) Get over yourself.
0: Trust me. I think that's part of the childlike trust and faith that we just can't seem to catch on to as adults, you know, like right. when your your kid is a kid, like they're, they're going to trust you when you tell them, you know, Hey, don't, don't worry about it. We're not going to get lost going to the store. I had that fear when I was like, you know, five, we'd be driving in the car somewhere and it'd be like forever. And I'd be like, Oh my gosh, we're just going to get lost. How does dad know where to go? Like, how does, <laughs> like you know, I, and I always trusted him and I kept thinking, I, what what happens when i grow up i'm not going to know i'm not going to know but it was like yeah. you know as a child can we just we can trust we can trust that dad knows where he's going you know and it's just like that's what we need to have that's the the attitude that we need to have with god that that trust that just stops thinking of all the human things we keep trying to think of and grasp on with that childlike fear you know dad's going right. to catch me if i jump into the pool it's fine it's That's really true. You know what else Jesus says a lot and God says a lot? Don't be afraid. Yeah. Fear not. Do not fear Fear not. (laughs) Everywhere. Yeah. And why for that, guys? And so why are we afraid? Well Because we're human. Yeah. The world we live in. (laughs) (laughs) We we have this dread. I've loved this conversation. We're pretty much at at the end of our time here. Rachel, would you have any final words of wisdom or encouragement that you would want to give to help readers to know, you know, something you said, you said, I discovered dreams are best realized when running in partnership with a living God. Maybe you have some final encouragement for them to know how to do that or something completely different. I think that's it. You know, find, find that place in God. I think we
2: make it so hard to we think in our mind, like, how am I going to do this thing with God? And, and so I just say, fix a time that's yours and make a, get, get your Bible reading. Just do it. There's Bible reading apps. There's Version has a Bible reading app. Uh, you read a couple chapters a day and just start there. Start filling yourself with the word of God. And then there's other, even praying pre-prepared prayers. A lot of times that helps. I am horrible at praying a list, but I do in my notes on my phone, I paste prayers in there. I paste scripture, you know, and as you're reading the word, you know, go to the Psalms and just open it up. And as you're reading it, turn it into a prayer. So it's it's getting that part of your heart alive that will make the, the reality of running with God all the more real. Mm. And maybe that you won't care as much. It takes so long or something that you want to happen. You can start asking God in this journey of waiting, draw me near to you. What's the process? If you're wanting to have a book published, if you're learning to write, if you're waiting for um, something to happen with your writing, just keep leaning. God doesn't want any one of us sitting on the bench. He's got a plan for all of us. And it's each one of our journey is unique. Mine's not the same as Erin's, not the same as Karen's, not the same as any other writer. It's unique, and it has blessings in it for all of us. He's loving. He's a kind father, and he he leads by the positive. As parents, we often go, kid, you can't do that, or kid, (laughs) you're like this, and we point out the negative, but God's more likely to go, how about you do this? How about that? Or kid, you're this, and he points out the positive. I was walking down the street one day, and I helped this lady. This was during all of that twenty-one mess. And so I'm walking and praying doing my scriptures. And this lady needed help with her groceries. So I carried her groceries to an apartment across the street. And I'm walking back. And the Lord just says to my heart, Rachel, you're so kind. Mm-hmm. I, I almost fell on the sidewalk weeping because it was just such a moment with the Holy Spirit. And so I told my husband this morning, I said, him telling me I'm kind rather than the negative, you're selfish, you only think of yourself mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. did more to make me want kindness then pointing out the negative. And so so listen for that positive voice of the Father. And, you know, every once in a while, he says, hey, you need to stop doing that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, Rachel, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for welcome. all the wisdom and all the guidance and friends. I think that we can all say um, an amen to what she shared with us, and especially an amen to watching and waiting. In everything that we do, let's keep our focus on God. Let's watch and wait and know That he's in control and he's at work. Mm -hmm. Amen. 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 Thanks for joining us today. You can find previous episodes and more resources at writefromthedeep.com. And I bet you know someone who needs this podcast. So please share it with them. So until next time, embrace the deep. Your writing and your life will never be the same.